controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. At the same time, however, I'm not going to lie, jockeys do creep the hell out of me. Revolutionary Sports Front, episode 24. I am joined by the Preston Brothers. Joe will be a little bit late today, joining us from Seattle, as always, via Skype. Huge weekend of not only college football, but of course, pro, the Lions, UFC 203. Tony's got something he wants to get off his chest. We got a lot going on today, and we're up against it, so we're going to dive right in. And first... Jerry has been talking about this question. I'm still not quite sure what it is. He's been talking about it for a day now, a day and a half, and he wants to present a question regarding Michigan. We caught a little flack over our topic from last week. So, Gerard, I'm going to let you go ahead and present that, and me and Tony will do our More best to More specifically, Frank's comments on topic last week. Why don't you just let him ask the question? All right. Tony? First of all, let's hear from Joe. How are you doing out there? I'm going to go with Paulina, mind the gap. Congrats. He's still thinking about Paulina's ass. He'll be out in a little bit. All right, guys. So this uh, stems from two things. We had some listener feedback last week about Frank's comment about Michi- or Alabama passing the torch to Michigan, which <coughs> I did take a little bit out of context and overreacted, I'll admit. And I say stupid things, too. Like, obviously, when I pick Colorado this week over U of M, it's not because I actually think Colorado's going to win. It's just because I hate U of M because I went to state. And there is some stuff like that with college football. And then I saw a sign on uh, College Game Day that said, if I had a dollar for every time I heard it was UT's year, I'd be a millionaire. And uh, up here in the north, we have kind of the same thing with Michigan. We've been hearing it's been Michigan's year since, you know, I was a kid. They've only won one half of a title in 1997. They uh, had the disappointing year in 07 with uh, Chad Henney senior year. And then we had the down year, of course. Everybody expected that with uh, Lloyd Carr leaving Rich Rod. But then when Denard Robinson, this quarterback from Florida, was coming, he was so fast. It was supposed to be them. And we had Tate Forcier was the September Why don't Heisman. You ask the question? All right. So the question is, Michigan's fans have been saying this is our year for the past 15 years. This really is the best Michigan team we've seen on the field since Lloyd Carr has been there. If they don't get it done this year, I, are we finally going to hear the end of that, Frank and Tony? You want me to take this one first, Tony, or do you want to? You can go first. I got some things to say on this, but I'll let you take the lead. Thank you for that. Okay, so look, I said what I said, and I, I don't think it, I don't think what I said was stupid, and I didn't say it for shock value, okay? And you did take it out of context, so let's just clear that up right there. Okay. I, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So to answer your question, um, no. That won't be the end of it, even if, if Michigan doesn't happen to get uh, go to the playoff and get it all done this year, because... Unfortunately, as passionate as fans as uh, as passionate as Michigan fans are, it's going to stay that way. So you, if they could they could go 10, 11 wins this year and make a, a good bowl, win, lose, and you're going to hear it again next year as Harbaugh's third year because it's the fandom is so over the top that you're not going to ever probably hear the end of all that. However, I stand firm that I believe that they will um, win all their games in the regular season. They will make the Final Four playoff. And uh, they'll be right up there and in contention and, and win it all. And that's what, how I stand. This is the best team they've had in a long time. I'm not just saying that. Harbaugh had one year to get his feet wet, and he's in the pool. He's in the deep end. And we got killers. We got killers on, on both sides of the ball. We'll step that running game up a little bit. We got a couple more tune-up games. And when the real season starts and those three tough games come up, we'll be ready. 
I like that response. And I do. I, w- I would like to point out that uh, Frank has been saying it's our year for a while. Tony normally doesn't say it's like Michigan's year. Tony's actually pretty realistic about it. I'm just saying we hear it around here all the time, and it's getting kind of old. Well, I, the first thing I was going to say to you is you may not remember this because you didn't become a Michigan State fan until a few years ago when you uh, burn started going to Michigan State, but it used to always be Michigan State fans saying, this is our year. No. It's, that's the way it always Never. Is. With every team. Dude, before D'Antonio, the Spartans were a joke. John L. Smith had stand as a gunner on the punt team, and he separated his shoulder. And people still thought it was their year. They had Charles Rogers. They had T.J. Duckett. That was going to be That was one year. year. But that I was, think they had Saban back then, too. I'm just saying. It's always every fan base. Think about Lions fans. No, that was never State's fan base, Tony. I, I can't even imagine you would just put that on the airwaves like that. Yes, it was. And the only time Just like the Lions fan base is always, this is our year. Just like the Cleveland Browns fan base is like, this might be our year. It's because teams sell their fans hope to sell tickets and merchandise to make themselves more money. Therefore, the fans are always going to buy into it, some of them thinking this is their year. I think you're more so right with the college aspect. Like, to answer the question about Michigan, I think you're correct on that. And uh, state fans did used to say that, and they still do, and they're, they're better now. But with pro, I think I'm actually – I think there's any evidence backing up that state fans said that back in the day. All right, but well, continue, Frank. All bullshit aside, I'm just saying, when it comes to pro, I think I'm in the minority. When it comes to me and the, how I act and talk about the Lions – I'm in the minority because when I go around talking to Lions fans everywhere, instead of saying this is our year, they just have negativity to spread and shade to cast. And uh, I think I'm in the minority. But that's that. We'll talk about well, that later. We're talking about Michigan here. It's a vocal minority, though, to every fan base. It's going to always say this is our year. Of course. Year. It's always They're, our year. And, and our is a metaphor. And that's what I'm saying yeah. is you get the people who are super loud saying this is our year. And you got a lot of the fan base who's more realistic, I think. Okay, so Jerry's question is specific. and I gave us a specific answer back. I said, no, it will not stop. He said, after this year, if Michigan doesn't get it done, which I think they will, and a lot of other people do as well, will it stop? Tony. No. Like I'm saying, it's always it's I been it's that way. Answer, it's always no. going to be actually, that way. I, I actually do respect Frank's approach to this topic. It's just one of the fan bases this is our year. Okay, and then a second part of the question, what would Harbaugh – I mean, you guys are definitely going to win 10 games this year, at least for sure – you're well on your way to that. What um, let's say Harbaugh doesn't make the playoff in the next four years. At that point, what do you think is the breaking point for Michigan fans and Harbaugh? Because the year after this is probably going to be a down year for him. If you look at the roster, they're senior laden. I mean, they have some young talent though, so there's always hope that that young talent comes in and fills the void. You know, one of those Alabamas we don't rebuild, we reload type situations. No. This is the answer. It will never. It's never going to end. It's never going to change. This is the. This is Michigan's answer. Getting Harbaugh to come back, leave the pros, and come back here, being a former Michigan man himself, was the answer. So his time literally is unlimited. I think. until he wants to leave. He's I think on, he's unlimited as far as because Antonio and Izzo have those contracts where it just rolls over. and You get a certain percentage raise based on full your record. autonomy. He's going to run Ann Arbor until he wants to leave. People, Michigan fans, year after year, will keep. We'll keep supporting him. I, kind of I in the way of his predator, or his mentor, Bo Schembechler, who I don't maybe has one Big Ten title in all those years. They talk about Woody versus Bo, and Woody kicked his ass. I mean, barring something ridiculous happening where he like goes a on scandal. a big coke bender and like goes off, completely falls off the grid, or something crazy happens, but I don't see that occurring. I couldn't imagine the um, Ann Arbor police even reporting him for doing something illegal. Honestly, I still think, uh, and I honestly kind of agree with that in a weird sick way. If he catches a case, he's going to fight that with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. 
Yeah, so to answer your question, I think it's a fair question, but I also think it's an easy You guys no. see him pick his nose and eat it on national television? That's pretty sick. No, uh, he okay. says that he did not eat a booger. He's never eaten a booger. I got video evidence. I got a vine. Jared, let's, let's keep it professional. So the answer to your question is no. I think everyone would pretty much agree with that. All right, uh, other news in college football. We had the Central Hail Mary play. Pretty cool for Central, even though it shouldn't have happened. Oklahoma State fans should stop bitching because, you know, you can stop at Hail Mary pretty easily and you're way better than Central. You never put yourself in that situation. Uh, I think the real story with that is the referees only getting penalized two games instead of for the remainder of the season because that's a they just pretty much single-handedly ruined it's, Oklahoma it's State. It's weird that season. it was MAC officials. Let's be honest. Oklahoma State wasn't looking that good this year anyway. But yeah, I mean it was a fake. I mean that that was unfortunate for them. If you're I could care less. I mean good for Central. I'm sure it got pretty fun out there on the mountain, but whatever. I mean I I didn't even know we were going to talk about that. They Good, good for them. I just want to throw a little more college football yeah. news out there. Georgia had a tight one, and uh, Clemson had a tight one. Clemson's looking a little bit of that, like it's our year syndrome. I was telling uh, the guy, my uh, golf mentor today, I was telling him it reminds me of state basketball when Kane Lucas and Darrell Summers came back and then ended up sucking and freaking, I think they were a 10 seed or some shit like that, lost to UCLA. Well, I mean, you brought it up, uh, Michigan's 2007 season. Yeah, it's almost they reminiscent brought back of like all the, they brought back Chad Henney, Mike Hart, Jake Mike Long, Hart, Jake Long. And they brought back all those guys from a team that almost beat Ohio State the year before. And if they would have beat Ohio State, they would have gone to the national championship. And even though they got blown out by USC in the Rose Bowl that year as well, it was uh, you know this is our year. We got this stacked roster, and then what what happens the first week of the year? They go out and they shit the bed against Appalachian State. Yeah, I think sometimes the problem is when everybody's kissing your ass, it's, uh, you know, sometimes you buy into the hype and it's your own fault. But since Joe's not here and he's a big Notre Dame fan, we're going to skip uh, MSU Notre Dame until he gets here. And we're going to move this thing over to where they get paid to play. We had a big – I like to go Packers first because I'm a Packers fan, but we're going to go Lions first because they had that amazing because this comeback Because it's a Lions-heavy show, and this is Detroit that we're doing Well, radio. it's an NFL-heavy show for the next 16 to 17 weeks. Yeah, here in the minority. As, they, as they follow the playoff so race. So anyways, on to important news. The Lions had a big game in Indianapolis. Okay, they had a season opener. There was a lot of uh, questions going on. With uh, the health of Andrew Luck, there's a lot of injuries going on in their secondary. We know all that. But regardless, the Lions went on the road, and they had a big game, and uh, they ended up with a W and a last-second field goal by Prater, who just never ceases to amaze us with his mysteriousness. um, Missed an extra point, kicks the game-winning field goal. That's how it went down. But basically, the Lions are 1-0. We're, tr- we're trying to get some feedback on, on what the Lions are actually going to do this year via email from the fans and stuff like that. We already know where, where I stand on this. But let's just talk about the game a little bit. It was a high-scoring game. I mean, if you're anti-Lion, like the gentleman to my right, you might say that you know Indianapolis has no defense. But regardless, um, they do have an offense, and they do have this guy. I'm to your left, Frank. You're anti-Lion, too? I'm not anti-line. I'm just saying the win doesn't prove no, no, anything. Hey, hey, before you throw me under the bus too much, I like what they did on offense a lot. I don't think I think that what they did on offense is going to hurt a lot of teams. It's not just because the Colts have a weak defense. I like okay. utilizing the backs in the passing game. I've been saying they need to use Theo Riddick more. Theo Riddick was a beast at Notre Dame. I, I really like what they did on offense. What scares me, and I would like you to respond to this specifically, Frank, and then Tony can come in too. Is there a 21-3, to I believe, right? Yep. So they're up 18 points and then blew that. So does that scare you at all for your defense? Well, anytime you blow an 18-point lead, it's going to scare you if it's your team. But, um, you know, I think 
like any good NFL team, the Colts made some adjustments. And Andrew Luck did make, despite all those questions about what was going on with his shoulder, he did make a couple uh, a couple throws that were you know on point, obviously. And they scored some points, and they rallied back, and we went back and forth. Um, but, I mean, a win's a win. But I think the real story is what you said is the offense. I mean, there's obviously some kinks to be worked out on defense. You saw Slay get popped on a couple of deep balls, um, just totally burnt. That's going to have to be adjusted. Uh, the linebacking core, which is supposed to be – it's going to be getting a lot better. They, they gave up some plays um, in the middle of the field. But the offense, man, Stafford was a machine. I think he went 31 for 39 with 350 yards and three touchdowns. That's efficiency, and that's what you're supposed to do against bad defenses. You can call the Colts defense bad all you want, but that's exactly what a, a top 10, top 5 guy does against bad teams defensively. And he went out there and did it. And he spread the ball around. You talk about the missing of Megatron. We we're all going to see this the first time he went into a pro game, non uh, pre season without Calvin Johnson on the on the roster. He goes out there, spreads the ball. Ebron got a touchdown. Riddick gets one. Abdullah scores two touchdowns. He's putting the ball to Marvin Jones, which he could have had a bigger game, but that corner locked him up uh, a few times. Spread the ball around 350 yards to like five or six different guys. That was a well-oiled machine. We'll work on the defense, but that offense is here, and it's here to stay. I, I, I agree with you. It is a well-oiled machine, but one thing, one word of caution I'd like to throw out there before Tony responds in the offense is that I believe it's something like 60% of the passes went to running backs. So only 40% were the tight end receivers. They only have one running back in the field. So it was a lot of running back heavy. And 80% were less than like 10 yards. And that is a good point. He was dishing it off to the running backs a lot. And that's something that needs to be addressed. But there's nothing wrong with uh, with checking down the ball. However, the one person that goes missing in this equation is, is the wide receiver of Golden Tate. And uh, he got a couple catches early on, but for the most part, it was Ebron, it was Marvin Jones, and then, like you said, the running backs getting a lot of the a lot of the action. But Golden Tate, um, you know, he hasn't lost a step. He was looking good out there. He's tough to tackle after the catch. In games coming forward, he'll just be another additional key to that well-oiled machine that I, m- I mentioned before. He'll get balls, he'll break tackles, and he'll turn five seven-yard gains into 13, 14-yard gains and move the chains. And uh, it'll just be one more one more piece to the puzzle and I'm telling you if we can get this defense worked out um the sky's the limit with the offense I'm really impressed I mean I will say one thing with a lot of the passes going to the running backs is that when you have a situation where that's the option that's given to you as being the open receiver that's who you're gonna throw it to that's common sense you sure. yeah I mean, what I'm saying is most the- of the time those were design plays to the running back that was the first option it wasn't like he was checking it down. There was like specific and Theritic, that's a great offense. I actually like it, but the thing is you're gonna run a team with good teams have good linebackers, bad teams don't. That shit works against bad teams, not against good teams. Yeah, I'm sure that was part of the, the singular. That's a, that's uh, another point I want to make I just thought about was if the Lions purposely game plan, I don't want to overreact to week one here, but the the game plan was they have slow linebackers, we're gonna throw running backs. That's I like the directions the Lions are going and we might have some Billy Bob Cooter, Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> His name's Cooter. He uh this might have been he might be the next great offensive mind. Yeah, no, I mean, what I was getting at was one thing that always used to be a big pain in the ass for Lions fans was you'd sit there and you watch Stafford try and throw it into double coverage to get it to Calvin all the time, and we just get pissed off and scream like, "Why the fuck are you throwing the ball to Calvin when he's double or triple covered? Throw it to your wide open receiver underneath." And that time this year, I mean, in the past game, it seemed like that was doing. And if it's designed plays to the running back against a team with weak linebackers, great game plan. Now let's see him this next week. Because that's one thing also. A lot of people like to make a knee-jerk reaction just because, oh, hey, yeah, this is the first game of the season, and knee-jerk reaction to what we just saw. 
Yeah, I understand that, and that's all good. I'm sure they were just going into the game with, with the mentality of we're playing the Colts, this is how we're going to beat the Colts week one, and then we're moving on to Tennessee next week. But what got what gets lost in that, too, is not only was Stafford 31 for 39 for 350 and three touchdowns, if you watch the game for the first time in a long time consistently, that offensive line, yeah, they're young, and they had a little they, – you know, they, got, um, they got beat a few times. But when you watch them run the ball, to, not just passing it to Riddick and Abdullah, but running the ball consistently, five-yard chunks, seven-yard chunks, first down here on first or second down with the running game, finding holes, uh, running uh, counters, draws, and we're actually seeing a running game. The announcers were, like, watching the Lions in, like, almost in awe, saying, like, this, is this the Lions? Is this real? Are they actually having a running game consistently throughout an entire game, not just – sporadically so that got lost too the running game was on I'm not sure what the exact numbers were but they were running the ball good they were passing the ball good and the defense just needs to be uh kinked out there's talent I there. mean the defense looked I mean you're trying to kind of sugarcoat it because you're a Lions fan but the defense looked like shit I mean I'm not sure you, you, you gotta work something out you blow a 21 to three point they should have lost the game it's the Colts defense that blew it like in the end of the end of the day the Colts came back they got up with 40 seconds left well I mean, you can't say who should or would have won the game. I mean, they, yeah, if it's for fist, we all be drunk. I get it. Yeah, well, the Lions what, had 37 seconds to march down there and is, pop a 43 yard field goal. What I'm saying is, if Stafford or like Marvin didn't have that last time out or something, Marvin Jones is going to bounce like Terrence Williams or yeah, Terrence Williams. Well, we're not do stupid. Dallas. Yeah, I don't even want to get into that. He, uh, you know, we're seeing a whole different story right here. The one thing I want to take from this game for Lions fans out there is. It could have been, if you lost this game, most likely you don't make the playoffs. This game doesn't put you in the playoffs, but it still keeps you in the race. Well, yeah, we, we're one and And I really, I do like uh, Who is this guy? what Cooter's doing for Stafford because for the first time, I'm going to say Cooter so much the next 17 weeks. Cooter! But uh, I, I think Lombardi was a joke of an OC coming over from the Saints. You know, Sean Payton ran that offense. Stafford might finally have found his, like, how, you know, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers were Belichick and Brady type thing. He might have finally found his coach is going to nurture well, him, make him a good quarterback. Everyone thought that Jim Bob Cooter, because he came in late, they thought he was a gimmick. They thought this because no one had tape on him, that no one was studying him. They thought he was going to come in there and just get away with some stuff because it's never been seen before. They called him a gimmick. They doubted his skills. And here we are in a new season, week one, and he comes out and puts on a show like this. Doubt him now. I think, I mean, there's no reason to doubt him. Yeah, I mean, it's still only one week, Frank. I, I just mean, don't overreact. Hey, I mean, well, you're. You, it's all good. I, I like him. As much as you say I sugarcoat the win, you are kind of blowing up the fact that they could have lost. The most games in the NFL, good teams, unless you're Cleveland, are going to be decided by three to seven points. I mean, either way, someone could win or lose. I mean, we found a way to win, and we'll move on. Everybody's going to put up a 39 points on the Colts this year. It's going to be realistic, okay. well, but the offense didn't right, look good. Get, you know what? I didn't want to go this route, but let's get to your Packers and squeaking by. So let's go ahead and do that then. Let's move on. And we welcome Joe to the show, by the way. Hello. Yeah. Can, I, can I go ahead? Can I go ahead and talk about the Lions really quick before we move on to the uh, the Packers? Sure, yeah, go ahead. I, it's, it's just two quick points. It's two quick points. Frank, uh, you mentioned Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. Uh, you gotta be excited about the addition of Marvin Jones if he's getting a lot of action, right? Oh yeah. And then number two is Tony uh, Calvin. Uh, the reason <laughs> the reason Stafford used to throw to Calvin in double coverage is because he used to catch the ball in triple coverage. So if he was in double coverage, that was probably a pretty good day for him. Yeah, uh, but how many of those balls also got knocked away by the defensive backs? I don't know because the guy had a, a lot, lot of receiving yards. So I'm sure he, I'm sure he found a way to catch a few of them. Um, and then for the Packers, uh, I think uh, it, it's week one, man. I mean, the Packers looked good. 
It's just the Jaguars, they have a lot of talent now. They just don't know how to put it together yet. But they showed the potential of that talent if they can get it together. And it spurts the Jaguars got it together. But it's a very young team and a lot of young talent. And that's what you get with a lot a young team with young talent. I got carried away with that. I mean, I I just when Jerry starts coming at the Lions like that, I feel defensive and I lash out. I have a little bit I didn't mean to downplay the Jaguars. They have been getting a lot of draft picks over the last few years and the Jaguars are a team. The to Jaguars watch are out a dark for. horse to win that division. And anytime you're gonna go that I'm far on the dark road. Dark horse, but they're they're I mean the Lions team. went on the road too. Good for both of them starting the road and winning. That's actually really hard to do. But the Packers go on the road, they got a W, they all count for one. Rogers look great. The offense look great. They got to clean a couple things up on defense. Okay, but what division? You're talking yeah, about the division. we're both lucky that freaking Lions and Packers fans are lucky we're playing the worst division in the AFC. That's for sure. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Like, it's I mean, four wins. Really, who's who's the challengers? In that? And all the teams in the division have weak secondaries too. That get Titans. That, have that's the division. Have I think that division's going to belong to Houston. I think. Can we can we all agree on that? Well, it's theirs to lose. Oh no, I don't. I don't think it's theirs to lose. At all. Who whose else would it be? Really? I think the Jaguars are going to win that division well, pretty easily. Ridiculous. Easily, the Jag. I, I'm going to say I'm going to. I think Houston's I don't. I don't believe in uh, Blake I, or uh, Brock Eisweiler at all. I think that he sucks. Okay, well the, they, they do have JJ Watt though. Houston went to the but, playoffs last year without a without well, a JJ Watt's twenty sacks. Man, they went. They had a horrible records even when JJ Watt. They went good. to the playoffs without a without a uh, offense. Last well, year? I think yeah. yeah okay, they made the my boy Hoyer was slanging DeAndre Hopkins. Let Joe finish. Right, but I'm just saying, you're talking about the Jaguars. Go ahead, Joe. I, I will say this, All right, Jerry. I, I do agree. Osweiler's not the greatest, but he's 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 better than what they had last year. And they also have Will Fuller now, so they have two receiving options in Hopkins and Fuller. And then the defense could be improved with Clowney healthy. That's all I'm saying. I think I think they're they already a favorite are. to to win the division. And then I think. If you want to talk about upside, though, the Jaguars have tremendous upside. They probably have the most potential in the division, but I just don't think this this is their year to win it. Yeah, I think it's a, honestly a coin. I mean, you don't have a three-sided coin. You need one of those dice from Dungeons and Dragons, like a triangle dice or something, but I think it's a three-way like <laughs> race that's all even. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who, who's, who's the third? Uh, Colts? Yeah, I mean, any one of those teams could win. The, yeah, the, the division yeah, winner is going to be yeah, like 9-7 yeah. and seven or some crap like that. It's going to be an absolute joke. So the Titans are out of it. They fucking – I don't even get into it. They suck. So All I man. care about is the Lions taking care of yeah. business. That's an easy four Packers wins for us. care of business. Looking forward to next week against the Vikings. And what I mean – uh, I there want was to talk a, about one game in particular. What game? Uh, New England and Arizona. Pretty good game. Pretty – I mean, that. I think that's the – of all the wins this weekend, can, I mean – Oh, I that's, that's the biggest win for sure. Game. If you look at the records of teams going west to east coast or east coast to west coast, it's absolutely horrible for the away team. And to go to Arizona, I've, I don't mean to bring the source spot, but I only know about because we live here. Is that uh, the Lions haven't won in Arizona in like they're like zero and six in the last like what six games or something like that? Ridiculous. What is? I mean, what does that have to do with what we're? What talking I'm saying about? is, it's hard to go across it's the country exact. and win. It, it's just it's an, an example. It's an example. I know. It's an example east to west. It's like I, he I does it, it on purpose. I'm working on my temperament during the show. And it's like he does that on purpose. We're talking about a game that just happened. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I hear about his lines around here. So those only stats that I have memorized. Oh, move. Move to Wisconsin then. Too, too, too many things. Whatever. Is that, is that, a, is that jo- a new sound fight? Move to Wisconsin? Whatever, man. Just let, I mean, we're talking about a game that happened just now. Not the Lions. No, so my, 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 thing is, my thing is, man, what? Man, the Patriots, no Gronk. No Brady, no Ninkovich, and I think they're missing one more guy. Anyways, I mean, geez, it's finding a way to win. And Arizona's a good team. They 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 returned 
They got Tyron Matthew back. They got you know they got. They went to the they, NFC they, Championship they last year. That's not a joke of a team. They're a good team. I would just stand on record that I think the Cardinals are going home? down this year. And not like down, like they're all going to lose to everybody. But the Cardinals probably, I got them at 9-7 and seven finishing the season. I think they're, Carson Palmer is going to lose some of that magic. Yeah, I mean. Well, Larry Fitzgerald looked great, though. Yeah, and he's yeah. saying like, oh, this isn't my last year. I plan on playing for many more years and stuff after this. I mean, we'll see. It looks good, though. Yeah, I mean, he definitely did look game. good this year. It's better. How about the? I mean, those Monday night football games were god awful, though. How about that? Oh yeah, but I yeah, when did Monday? Like, this is a good time. When the hell did Monday night football become the freaking bad? Like Sunday night is going to be sweet, but Monday night football. If you look at the schedule, it's absolutely deplorable. Like Steelers Redskins isn't a good game. Steelers are a Super Bowl contender. The Redskins are probably going to win a week division. Of all that just backfired on ESPN. That, ESPN takes away Monday Night Football, oh, and NBC's and like, "Yeah, we'll take Sunday out, Night Football." What is that? Kevin Harlan, the guy with the um, calling that streaker that the only exciting part of the game. He's at the forty. He's at the thirty. Oh, here comes the guys in blue. Yeah, I mean, I I'll admit I went to bed early last night, so I didn't catch all that game. But I watched the beginning of the game, and that was part of the reason I went to bed early. It wasn't entertaining and didn't keep my attention, so I went. Oh, L.A. is playing San Fran. They're both dumpster fires of a team. It had record low. God, it had Rams record sucks. low ratings. Um, the first game was okay because you get to see a team in the Steelers. You get to see them showcase their talent, and I really do think they're going to have yeah, a chance but, to win I the mean, AFC. Redskins. At the same time, to defend ESPN with the Redskins against them, the Redskins went to the playoffs last year. There's a lot of talk that you know they were kind of on the. Upswing at the end of last year, and that's why they well, might they're not. So they're they can end that year. now. So they're not going to. They're well, not, and they won't win that division. I heard. I don't know who just said it. They won't win that division. The Giants will. Giants did look good for sure. Well, not really in that twenty nineteen. They looked all right. That passing attack is pretty prolific. Dude, what kills what kills Monday Night Football now is that there's two games. When it was one game, you could you could you could say, okay, we're gonna have two prime time games this weekend, Sunday night and Monday night. Well, now you still have Sunday night, and now you got to find a way to have two primetime games on Monday night and Thursday night. Like, it was just opening week, so they had two games. Yeah, they're it not going to always one. do that anymore. Oh, yeah. Not gonna, okay. Yeah, it was just the, Cali- just the California one. teams, which turned out to be a, a bomb. I did, I, I did watch it. I was working midnight, so I did see the game. It was just, I mean, come on, Tavon Austin. You can't even score one, one point for me. Freaking, uh, you want to talk about another dumpster fire? How about those Cleveland freaking Browns? RG3 getting hurt. We're not, no, not we're not talking about the Browns. They Who doesn't have a backup plan, though? You know what I mean? Like, they could have drafted a quarterback. There was the Lions. Who's, who, who has, whose primary plan involves RG3? That, that's the real question. <laughs> hey, Burn. Uh, that's a great idea. Let's get RG3. RG3 is shit Washington to be the starting quarterback. All right, we're we just, just we completely dodged every quarterback <laughs> in, the, in the draft. Yeah, but so let's cook this piece of I'm just, shit. I, obviously, I'm a state boy, so I'm going to say it. But in the third round, you got Connor Cook sitting there. He's falling. He's supposed to be a first-round pick. How don't you just get a rookie to back up RG3 just in case this happens? And if it does, because they could pivot to him, see if he has anything. And, and that way, done. another state quarterback could steal Bro. RG3's job. Yeah, Bro. that'd be awesome. Hey, how did Kirk Cousins look last night? Times. Not very good. Don't he threw for over 300 it. yards. Captain Kirk got turned, man. The Steelers are a, a pretty popular pick to make the Super Bowl. The Redskins are not. That was going to happen, but yeah. I saw a face. I mean, there was a lot of talk that the Rams with Todd Gurley and Tavon Austin, like they got such a great offense. You know, they got Aaron Donald on defense. Yeah, There's been man. a lot of hype for them, and they're playing well, of hard San knocks. Francisco. And the fact that they look that bad against San Francisco, which is a complete dumpster fire of a team, 
Yeah, they suck. Yeah. Tony. They got shut out on national TV by a shitty I don't know. team. They suck. I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm they're just de- saying. Their defense I think could it's be possible all right. we could have two teams trying to break the Lions' 0-16 record. No. Whatever. The chances are just so small that ever happened. Cleveland, might, not gonna happen, Cleveland might do it, man. I don't know. I don't Between see them Cleveland and L.A., though, Jerry, come on. Hopefully they play each other. I don't know, they dude. Don't. There's a fucking couple <laughs> shitty teams. Let's uh, little we'll break down next week a little bit. We'll save our picks after we get done with the Notre Dame MSU discussion. Uh, Vikings, Packers, Lions, Titans. Which one do you guys want to do first? We'll go, go Lions first. Lions first. I, okay, we'll go Lions. Come with the matchups. Yeah, just a little, how, what are you looking at? What do you think's gonna exploit? I think that Tennessee, they got a strong running game. They've been they've been trying to build a stable back there. I, I got to the chance to see Derrick Henry play a little bit. But the thing, if you watch the Titans versus Minnesota last week or this past week, um, Minnesota's defense is good, but they're not that good, man. Tennessee was turning the ball over like crazy. I think Minnesota's uh, defense scored three touchdowns for them. So, I think they only got two. Well, okay, they scored a couple touchdowns for them. The defense won them the game. Is that fair to say? Yeah, oh, but most I mean definitely. – your quarterback just destroyed his knee. All right, I'm just trying to answer a question, Tone. So and you have Sean Hill as your starter. We're talking about the Titans here. The Vikings are next, Tony. Jesus, man. God. Along. So, anyways, their, their, their offense is giving up the football is what I was getting at. Even though Minnesota's got a good defense, I don't think they're that good. They're giving up the football. If our defense can get it together, um, I think they can do the same thing. Ziggy maybe getting some strip sacks. Levy out there, I think he's going to have a better week, make, make some big-time plays. Our offense will uh, stay on course, if not improve, from last week. I don't see Tennessee's defense being all that good. I, they didn't do much, uh, even when Minnesota was on offense with Sean Hill in a bad offense. Even though they did shut AP down, I think that is more of him deteriorating and getting older. Um, I called that at the beginning of the year. I don't think he's going to have a very big year. Jerry, you should look for a trade in your fantasy team on a side note. But I see the Lions going um, into Tennessee. I believe they're on the road. If not, it'll be even more of a cakewalk. But I see them going in there and winning by 10 or more and being 2-0. and All right, what are you looking at in this matchup, Tony? What like, pops out on paper to you? I mean, for me, it's going to be – you're going to have the Lions offense going against another defense that's not that great. So it's another time for Stafford to shine, spread the ball around, see if, you know, maybe they come out with a different game plan because Tennessee linebackers are a little bit better than the Colts. And also, you got to look for the defense on Detroit to kind of rebound after that horrible game against the Colts, which, yes, they have Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, Dante Dante Moncrief. they got a lot of offensive weapons on that team. So now you're going to a team that their quarterback looked like complete shit, basically, against Minnesota. So now it's can the Lions defense replicate that, or is it Minnesota's defense is really that good and the Lions defense is as bad as we saw against the Colts? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good point there. Tony, you got any comments on this, Joe? Yeah, I think I think the Lions win this one. I think they need to uh, make some adjustments on defense. Obviously, um, it's already been said, but I mean, really, if, if they make the right adjustments on defense, and then they, uh, you know, they 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 keep rolling on offense, uh, I don't see why they they couldn't. They have the weapons. They got the personnel. Um, the, I mean, it is. I don't know, man. The Titans just don't look like a team uh, that's going anywhere this year. They, I, I think, uh, I think the Lions. It, it should, we should be able to mark it down as a W for them. I think it's gonna be, uh, like, pretty much an offensive shootout like last week. Lions defense is gonna look a little bit better, but I mean, this, 
I'm checking out the Tennessee Titans defense. They're starting Parrish Cox and freaking the bad McCourty brother. I think they'll keep, it close. they'll keep it close for a little bit between Derrick Henry, who does look like he's going to pan out. Yeah, I was just – And the, then Delaney Walker yeah. is a stud, too. And they'll keep it yeah, close. They're going to have DeMarco Murray. I know. They're gonna. They have a good offensive line. If they can pound in and keep their defense off the field, they can keep it close for a while. But at some point, I'm pretty sure the Ly- I'm pretty sure it's at Lions. I don't think they will run away with it late. The, the Lions will run away with it late. It'll be a double digit win. Two and zero Lions. Let's move on to the Packers. So we got Packers Vikings are opening that stadium. That Vikings defense is pretty damn nasty. I know I have too much credit yet in week uh, one, but they get after you. Anthony Barrett, linebacker, got a good defensive line. Uh, Everson Griffin's, I believe his name. My boy Trey Wayne's out there playing cornerback now. They did. They're hungry. They're purple people eaters. And uh, offensively, just got nothing without the quarterback, you know? I'll tell you who's you got to look out for. I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm going to pick Minnesota when we get to it, but I'm going to tell you to look out for if you're a Packer fan, which you are. That Patterson's a stud, man, on offense for them. Cordero? He's a, he's a hell of a player. He's, a, he's been listed as like a bust as of late. Well, did you, watch, did you watch last week? He he didn't have the numbers to stand out, but he he had some spectacular plays. Watch out for him. You know, go ahead and give your opinion. I'm not I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just saying. Watch. I out mean, for him. I just I would be more afraid of like Laquan Treadwell, Stephon Diggs, and Adrian Peterson than I am a Cordero Patterson. We've already seen him out there. We'll see. The Packers defense is going to try to get after you with turnovers and limit scoring, almost a bend don't break style, which scares me. But Peterson is going to have a big week this week against that Packers defense. But I like Clay being back outside. Jesse Palmer had a nice pick. Um, I think that the real question this game comes down to is can Rodgers find holes in that secondary? And if they can, they'll be able to run away with it. But you know Minnesota's going to be hype coming This is at Minnesota? At the opening the new stadium, Sunday Night Football. So I, there's a lot of you know, a lot of momentum going towards the Vikings. I think it's going to be a tough one for the pack. So so what's your prediction? I, I'm not doing my pick yet. I'm going to wait to say that until later. What? Ooh, a little tease. What are you thinking about this game, Joe? Um, big thing for me is Jordy Nelson. First game back, last game he looked he looked all right. Uh, but it's one of those rhythm things where him and Rogers have have uh, been able to hook up a lot before, and I think he's just going to continue to get better and better every game. So I think you know if they take that next step uh, coming into this game, there, it's just it's a tough combo to beat. You know they got Cobb. They're, they're healthy at receivers, uh, is what I'm saying, and I think they're a little bit better at tight end this year. Uh, we saw a preview of that against the Jags. I think I think they kind of get it together. They're an experienced group. Um, I think they understand that they're the this road test is going to be twice as hard as it was uh, last week. So I, I just I, I feel like the Pack are one of those teams that that come ready to play. They have good preparation. That they got that maturity about them, um, similar to like a Patriots uh, team. So I think uh, I think it's gonna be a tight game, but I think the Packers squeeze it out. I, that that quarterback situation in Minnesota just does not have me confident. Okay. Yeah, this uh, Packers offense is I think reminiscent of what they had back in like 2010 and 2011. It's the defense that scares me on this team. It looks like Rodgers is rolling out there. He brought the belt back, which is awesome. He retired that for a couple of years. The discount double. Go fuck yourself. Uh, but now let's get into the real thing. I'm I didn't, to do... We didn't even get to pick the game. It's just you oh, and Joe. later. Well, Frank, did Frank pick yet? I didn't even comment on it, but go ahead. If only you get to talk about the Packers, you get to yeah. ch- you get to spend five I, minutes on the Lions when you don't even watch or care about them, and then you, we can't even talk about the Packers. All right, go on the Packers, Frank. Biggest game in the division of the week. I can't even talk. I think I agree with Joe on on the uh, fact that it's going to be a tight game, but um, I couldn't disagree more about the outcome. If this game was in Lambeau Field, 
I might uh, I might go with, with Green Bay just because they're tough to play there. But this game's in Minnesota. That defense is hungry. I think that Minnesota, over the last couple of years, has been steadily getting better and better, while the Packers have it at maximum remained the same, if not deteriorated a little bit. Jordy Nelson, I've been hearing that name for too long, man. Um, I think he's not going to be at all what people are building him up to be this year or what he was in the past. I think that the offense is going to struggle. Um, I think that their defense is going to do the bend, don't break, to which will keep it you know, somewhat um, relevant of a game until the fourth quarter. But I think Minnesota, handily, is going to win the game. And I'm making my prediction now. What are we doing these teases for? We're talking about it right now. I think Minnesota's going to win the game. I mean, the show sheet says the picks at the end of the football segment. I was just trying to go by what we had planned out. Oh, okay. Well, just don't be bitter because I picked your team to lose. I'll pick them at the end, too. I'm more bitter because you just said their offense is going to struggle. I'm wondering, do you mean this game before I blow up a portion, or do you mean all season? I mean, especially this game. Okay, I guess Minnesota they, they do at have home. A good def- I'm just making sure yeah. I'm saying all season because their offense looks fucking fantastic. Yeah, against Jacksonville, there's a tremendous difference. On the road, in the heat, hottest game the Packers ever played in. Okay, you can talk about Jacksonville era. all you want and make it sound sexy, but it's a lot different than going to Minnesota. Jacksonville had a Dude. shot of like, winning that division at the end of last year. Minnesota Dude. did go to the playoffs, and they're good. Dude, Minnesota dirty. did not make it past the first week of the playoffs. The Packers did go to the conference championship. Did go to overtime with the Arizona. Okay, man, you're bitter. Dude. You're bitter. Not a conference champions divisional. Dude. What? How bitter can a man be? Dude. I'm not bitter at all. I'm excited. Jordy Nelson was rusty last week, and he still looked good, Frankie. I'll, that's all I'm going to say. One game, one touchdown. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Jordy Nelson in his first game back okay, looks guys. pretty good, and he's only going to get better, Frankie. All right. Well, he's a, you I know, understand conditioning you like him, Joe. I, I, we, I get that. But, I mean, it is Jacksonville. We're going against Minnesota here. We'll see. Yeah, it's not, no, the, it's not the Jacksonville. Mean, hey, I never do this. I never do this. You guys want to put something on it? Man, he's a good receiver. I never do this on the air. You guys want to put some put some of that money we got going on in the pool on it? I'll put money on the Minnesota right now with anybody that wants to take bets live on the air. Who wants to put money up? Frank, if you ever paid a football bet, I might consider actually doing this. <laughs> okay. Is that making you feel better <laughs> so you won't take it? I got to look at the spread first. All right. Thank you. Oh, man. You want to go straight up yeah i go straight up packers fucking what do you want to put bucks. up all right all right national te- fucking radio heard that right. shit yeah my, speaking of uh, i want a subway for lunch on monday i'll tell you that much i'm frank is dollar yeah you know city of, of squala making some picks i mean i made my picks video where were your guys picks video oh i actually was going to comment this on the end of the show tony and be professional about it but i wanted to see how teams look before i go betting money on anything if that makes any sense Hey, just because I lost every single one of my It's bets. a bad week to be making college football picks. I said that's why I wanted to wait till next week to make college football picks. Yeah, we we you know it's the reason that you're the only one that did it, Tony. We yeah, so we're all we're it. all up right now in theory with who's going to have the most money. Tony, you're out is what I'm hearing. I'm down a little bit, but I mean I can come back. <laughs> okay, and we have move a big on. Week next Let's week. move on. All right, we're moving on to the showdown of the weekend. I don't know what to nickname this game: the Boy Touchers versus the you know feared Spartans. Uh, we got Notre Dame versus Michigan I've been waiting all week for this topic. All week. Joe's team versus Jerry's alma mater. Get your popcorn The green and white versus the golden domers. All right, let's get serious. The South Bend showdown. Guys, this is a huge game. I'm going to set this up for you guys because this is mostly about Jerry and Joe. Me and Tony will give our two cents. The Catholics versus the illiterate horde. Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus. So. Wait, who's the illiterate horde? State. Well, the Catholics is obviously number one in nuclear physics, by the way, teaching for the last 15 years. Can't read, can't write. You guys, this isn't going to work unless you guys can be professional about the match. This is a huge game. Why don't you guys just take a stance and have have it out? Jerry can't be professional when it comes to Michigan State. I'm I'm about to be professional. Go ahead. All right. Do it your way. Frank, set it up. 
The game will be this Saturday. The matchup is Notre Dame, Joe's team, versus State, Jerry's team. Me and Tony, we're going to sit back and watch them beat the hell out of each other and just laugh about it with our popcorn. Who's going to win and why? Joe, you're the Marine. You start. Notre Dame wins for three reasons. They're at home. Um, I think they they don't have as much of a down year as State's having. And they've played. Uh, they've already played a significant opponent. And lost. Who? Texas. Texas blows. Go ahead, Joe. And Notre Dame lost that game. Doesn't matter if they lost that game. I, I just think. I just think after two weeks, they're they're a little bit more no, that's, in sync. That's I, a good I think, point. I think by weeks you come out a little rusty. And I think with Notre Dame at home, they could take advantage of that. Yeah. And and State State's teams. lost a lot of guys. I don't. I don't like this whole taking a bye week week two. What kind of crap is that? Didn't watch State this weekend. It's gonna be a tough one for State. I mean, earlier I said they probably lose this game and they're ten and two. But when it comes to pick times, and I've seen Notre Dame on the field, like the Kaiser really doesn't scare me. Frank's over here doing hand motions. I'm trying to make a the pick. Kaiser. The Kaiser? You mean Deshaun Kaiser? Yeah, the Kaiser. Like I said, we'll get, to, we'll get to Red Wings later. It's always bad like when you preface by saying it's going to be a tough game for your team. I just it's going to be a tough record. one, but I think we're going to pound the rock on that team just the way they did with the 18 wheeler. We're going to use LJ Scott at the middle. Tyler kind of is going to make the plays he has to, and I got State by 7, 24 17. I can literally hear you quivering when you make that pick. Well, I'm just trying to figure out the score in my head. I didn't know whether to hang 14 or 7 on them, but it's going to be a tough one. It's always tough on the road in South Bend. I'm on Team Joe for this one. Um, Notre Dame. Granted, they did lose in sort of dramatic fashion. They played a, a upcoming team in Texas, a real team in Texas, and they, they came out short. Um, they're going to be going in with a lot of reps. I think State would have done a lot better. I don't know why any team, even though I don't like State, so I'm glad it happened to them, I don't know why anybody would be um, issued a bye week on week two, especially uh, having a bad performance against a bad team in Furman where we had to Google where they were located at. Um, I think they needed at least one more kind of tune-up game to get some more reps. A bye week definitely did not help them. In fact, I think it did the exact opposite. I think it made them worse off. Joe mentioned, mentioned rust. I couldn't agree more. I'm not just saying this. I think that um, they're going to go in there. It's going to start off close, but I think Notre Dame is going to be ready to play a lot more than State. I think Notre Dame is going to win this game, and it's not going to be as close as people think. I don't. I I disagree with thinking the bye week hurts them. I think that they're going to be healthier. They didn't just get hit last week, which is a huge thing in college football. Their bodies aren't hurting. They got to take a nice week off and practice. Probably didn't even wear pads, or they probably got to have pads and no pads this week. And you know the reason Furman. Anytime I get close, they went down and scored a touchdown. Yeah, I'm not happy twenty to thirteen, but realistically, their defense gave about six points. The seven came on with fumbles and stuff like that, but. Well, State, State got the, has a luxury of having run 12 total different offensive plays two weeks into the season. Notre Dame had to throw their whole playbook out there against Texas. We, you have no idea what's really in State's playbook. You don't know what the potential kind of is. So we're going you have a mystery. The, we're going with the old we I'm the saying vanilla if you're ice playing, cream. The vanilla ice cream. If you're looking position doing? by position to break this down, Notre Dame is the better team. I'm willing to concede that fact. But what we have is I'm in a surprise. Well, you don't know Dame what's coming. Did. Notre Dame did just stick to their base defense. Against I don't know the how much surprise oh, well, you have. Most teams in college football just stick to their base defense. State doesn't even change their whole first drive. You know exactly what play they're running, and then they make changes based on what you're doing. But I'm talking about offensively. They literally ran 12 different plays the entire game. I just think that Notre Dame's just – you already just said it. I think they're the more talented team. I think they have more experience they got a in the season. Quarterback. I'll take LJ Scott over any of their running backs. I'll take Copeland over any of their cornerbacks. Their linebackers are probably better. Defensive line, they got us. O-line, I'll take us. I'd say they're deeper. Just in general, but 
We got a pretty good O-line in running backs too, though. I just don't see State winning this game. I'm, I mean, Tony, if you can chime in and give your opinion. I just seriously, I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I'm anti-State. I'm anti-Notre Dame. You've heard me last couple weeks. I'm, I'm anti-both of them, but I really think Notre Dame's going to come out on top and it's going to put a big dent in State season. I mean, like I said last week, I don't think Texas is that great of a team. I really thought Notre Dame was going to beat them pretty easily. And I get it was on the road for Notre Dame. Well, that was Texas' Super Bowl. And now Notre Dame's going to be at home. But at the same time, we're looking at Tyler O'Connor, who, yes, this is his first year as a starter, but he was a starter last year when he went to Ohio State and won at Ohio State. So he has some big gaming experience already under his belt. Also, they're coming oh, the off a bye biggest. week. So that's why I'm leaning towards Michigan State in this one. I mean, if that bye week was coming off anything else besides that poor performance against a poor team, I, w- I might agree with you. I think a bye week in week two is just a bad idea for any team. Um, I don't like it. I think it's it not, hurts you more it's than not it their choice with the schedule. I know it's, that's not, not, how I know it it's not their choice. Of but course, yeah, who no. would pick that? No, I don't like it because you need the bye week later in the season, but they used to only have one bye week in college football, and I got two. And the Big Ten went to nine games versus conference opponents. So then we got BY, and most of them are scheduled later. Like, so I'm wrong. Like, you think it's a benefit to have a I play th- firm and, and, and squeak by a, a I would unknown prefer team. having both my bye weeks late in the season because when you get tired having it. But I'm saying in this case, for this game, I think it's a benefit. Down the road, I think it's going to hurt them. So you think it's, you think it's okay I'm, to play a close game against an unknown school and then take a week off, and reflect, and then prepare? I wouldn't call 20 to 13 close. And I also want to say this is going to be a big loss, a big dent in state season because their goal is to win a Big Ten championship. This game has nothing to do with that. In a sense, if you win, if they lose this game and win the Big Ten championship, they'll probably get into the playoff over Notre Dame, even if Notre Dame only has lost to Texas because of the fact they have a championship game. We saw that last year. They lost to Nebraska, which was a far inferior opponent to some of the other people that missed out on the playoffs. That's a fair point, but then you're getting into the game of, of starting to talk, like credit your team what with I'm losses saying, and you're starting to play this and that, and that's not something you want to do with anything. That's like, the thing is, that's what the playoff committee does. They play well, this and that. if you win that. all the games, then you don't have to worry about any of that, especially when you're a high-profile school. Like I mean, how many teams won all the games last year? Was it just Alabama? Aside Did Alabama go undefeated? No, no, they didn't, but I'm just saying. No, Alabama lost all this last year. But I'm sure they expected to. They didn't go in saying, well, it's okay if we drop this one because if we win I'm the saying, rest I, I, out, I, I just, that. I just want to say this was a big dent in state season to lose. And I know that's kind of like because I think they might lose on the inside a little bit. I get what you're saying. You're attacking my inner core, but just don't throw things out there like it's going to be a big dent in the season. season when your goals are still ahead of you. When you're one and one, if you if they say state loses this game, and I'm just I predicted them to lose. Say they lose, I would say that as a it's a fair statement to say it's a pretty big dent in their season because anytime you're a, a big school with big expectations and you lose a game early on, especially to a team like Notre Dame, I would say I don't think it's a, a stretch to say it's a big dent. I mean, it's a little dent. I'll agree with that, but it's not. It's a little dent in the sense that it's a loss, but it doesn't affect any single one of your okay. goals. It doesn't change your goals at all for the rest of the season. So I don't get how it could sure, be a big dent. Well, well, I'm sure their goal like a big is to dent, win all the games. Like if you have a car, a big dent might affect the car's performance. When but, you have a team and you have 12 games, I'm sure you want to win them all. Yeah, you want to win them all, but nobody won them all last year. Well, that doesn't matter. They want to win them all this year. I mean, yeah, can go every team wants to win them all. That's what I'm saying, year. but you said that's not any one of their goals. All, all right, so them. if the Lions go out and lose this week, but then I'm 15-1, would you call that big dead? I'm not going to the the compare college and pro football with you, Jerry. Okay, so let's say Michigan loses on the road at Iowa. Is that a big dent in their season? Yes, if, you but, damn right but, it no, is. No, let me finish. Can I finish? Yep. But they beat Michigan State and Ohio State on the road, go to the playoff, 
or go to the Big Ten Championship, win it, still win the national championship, would you say it was the big dent that they lost to Iowa? If they win the national championship, no, but the day they the day after they lose to Iowa and we come out of the Oh, it's going to hurt, yeah. I'll say it was a big if dent. If Notre Dame beats State Sunday, I'm going to be sour. I'm going to be fucking trying to draw the ball 500 yards at fucking 4 o'clock in the morning. I, just, I agree with Jerry, you. But. I just don't have the luxury of predicting the future. So when I when my team loses, I consider it a big dent. That's all I can say. Okay, well, I, I, I would define a big dent as it, it's going to affect the outcome of like what your goals are for the end of the season. Okay, we think differently then. I mean, in college I mean, I would football, like to say, I think realistically, I can I can see it both ways with the the importance of conference championships these days. Like Jerry, you are right. Like that. Like technically, if Notre Dame wins and then like you go on to just take on take take the Big Ten, like really realistically, yeah, you you will be in the playoff, and that that's the difference these days in college football. And I get what Frank's saying too, though, is in college football because it's all in the ranking system. It's not like pro where you have a playoff, like a full on playoff, but not just four teams. You know, I mean, like that, like a loss, a lot, one loss in a twelve-game season is is pretty fucking detrimental. Especially, you know? so, yeah, I mean, like SEC going out there and dropping, like, say, someone, three teams in the SEC go twelve. I didn't mean to cut you off, Joe. You can finish, but say three teams in the SEC go out there and lose one game. You got Alabama or Georgia. They're all twelve and one or eleven and one, whatever, with one loss. Then you got to factor all them. They get higher, you know, higher rankings. You don't want to be dropping games, is what I'm getting at. Keep going, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I, I think what it comes down to also is like. When you, when you look at, you know, who's who's left standing and everything, it's like, I mean, theoretically, I, I you know, if the Big Ten beats the living shit out of each other and Michigan State ends up with two losses on their, on, you know, in the year, but they still win the Big Ten championship, don't ask me how that might be possible, but I'm just saying it Well, it they lose happen, to Notre right? Dame, they lose to Ohio State, but they beat Michigan. But Ohio State would have to drop a game and then also lose to Michigan then the season would be a, See, we're a scenario. All these games, okay, so, so there you go. So anyways, anyways, so I'm just saying, though, Michigan State with two lost team. Then you got a couple other conference champions, one lost teams. You know, what I mean, it, like that that one loss to Notre Dame does come back to kill them, right? No, yeah, because yeah, in that scenario it does. Team. But I think that's more important this year because we got Houston that's probably going to run the table and they're going to take one of the spots. We're going to get three big conferences in. Exactly. Is, is that that's exactly what I'm trying to kind of get at? And then also, um, no, actually, I'm done. That was it. So we got two guys. <laughs> we got two guys picking picking the Fighting Irish. We got Gerard repping his hometown or hometown college team. Go green, go white. Tony, which on the stance? banks of the Red Sea. Oh, a oh Tony, oh, no, 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 Tony, Tony already picked state. I'm sorry, I, yeah. I forgot about that. Tony, we got we got a divided show yet again. We got a house divided. Yeah, it's it's tough because like last year's state and Notre Dame both had really good teams, and then this year. It's like it's like the same situation. We both lost a lot of guys to the well, draft. Well, I'm not I'm not going to pick against State once this season. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not going to pick against Notre Dame either. But I mean, it's it's just funny how similar the situations are. Like last year, if Notre Dame doesn't drop, you know, to Clemson or Stanford, they they could have been in, you know, to the, to the playoff. And then you got fucking State who was in the playoff. So I mean, both both are like, yeah, they lost pretty, in Nebraska. I like thought a, it was like over a talent peak. You know, we lost a lot of big time draft names this, this summer, and so it's like. You know, now now here we are. Let's see. Let's see it's, who's got the better. It's gonna be a good showdown. But we got some more picks to go. We got some. Take, we, we gotta take a short break. I gotta. We gotta take a short break. Take a short break before yep. we finish the rest of our college picks. Michigan and Colorado. RSF. All right, and RSF is back. We're live. Already got some picks done. We'll reiterate them just in case you missed them, and we're gonna do some more picks. First off, we got uh, the glorified rats and U of M versus the Colorado Buffalo. Is that what they are? I don't even know what they are. Yeah, they're the Buffaloes. Oh, they're the Buffalo. All right. Reminiscent of the Cordell. Was that Cordell Stewart that put up that touchdown in 95? Yeah, and uh, actually, 
Colorado announced today they'll be wearing the same uniform combination that they wore in that game. <laughs> well, I hope they're wearing oh, literally the awesome. exact same uniforms that that team wore. Like they enshrined them, and the players are going to see which ones they fit into. What a desperate <laughs> They're going to put for, them on. What a desperation act, you know? What, they'll do anything to put out some media coverage. What a, what a glorified <laughs> uh, redemption tour for Michigan. They played Appalachian State last year, blew them out when they sucked. Then they got Colorado when they sucked. Jerry, can we make the picks or like, are you are you are you on something tonight? I'm just what, trying man? to make the people laugh, man. It was all so serious and rushing everything. Well, but. no, no one is. Everyone likes Michigan, so who you always say things like this, dude? Who's everyone? Everyone Smart does not like Michigan. That are out there in listener land, there's not many state fans that listen to our show. I hate to burst your bubble. There's not many state fans that listen. I'd argue it's about fifty-fifty. Well, you're wrong. So let's make some. Picks. I don't. I don't think so. All right, well, since... Yeah, let's make some picks. Go ahead. Are we done making fun of Michigan? You know what? Appalachian State. Give me the Buffalo! Fuck Michigan! Go ahead, Tony. I'm taking Michigan. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Michigan, and this is like the, probably their toughest test of the season. They got this whole Bumblebee uniform thing, whatever they're doing, coming out. Colorado's going to get blown out. It's probably going to be... Michigan will probably beat them by 40. Joe? I think, uh, uh, uh what's a pick? What's a pick? Colorado first in the Pac 12 South, giving up 14 <laughs> points and scored well over 100. No, actually, almost. How much is that? No, that's actually, yeah. So their points for is 100 and points against is 14 right now. And they so played bums. They got some offense. So is Michigan. Yeah, so let's look at how many points Michigan has against them and how many points they put yeah, up. Yeah, Michigan's taking Colorado, Joe. going to be the same thing. Michigan's actually pretty much put up close to a point a minute. But that's the point I'm making. I hear those crap about Michigan. They were doing the exact same thing last year after the Utah game. What happens the rest of the season? Blown up by Ohio State, beat by Michigan. You just can't let it go, can you? I can't. You just can't it, let it, it go. It makes no sense to me. You, they haven't done shit in a decade. You just can't let it go. You're so bitter. It's just I'm gonna, it's sad. I'm gonna I'm gonna call When I'm I see enigmas, they confuse me. It's sad. It's sad. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say at first Colorado's gonna put Michigan on an upset alert. Oh but God. Michigan being at home, they'll come through at the end. All right, we got three on Michigan, one on Colorado. It's pretty uh, good, right? A little dramatic, a little dramatic there. I like, like that. that. I like the pick. I like the style. To, upset uh, alert, over. but the Michigan Preston brothers have Michigan State down in South Bend. Uh, I don't know what I want to call them. The Bicep brothers. They got uh, Notre Dame and South Bend. And moving on to a couple more college games, we have the big old Buckeyes versus Boomers Sooner. It's going to be on Fox, I believe. Big game. Night game, I believe. What are you guys going with here? I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Ohio State in the points. You got Ohio State? Tony? As much as I hate the Buckeyes, I will take them to win because... I just think the Pac-12 sucks. Or not the Pac-12, the Big 12 sucks. Well, they, they definitely don't play defense. We saw that when Oklahoma Yeah, State. and we already saw Oklahoma get beat by Houston. All right, Joe, who do you got in this game? Uh, yeah, Ohio State. And, I, I mean, that that's the game that's going to just break break Oklahoma and pretty much screw over their entire year. And then I think after that, they're just going to try and play spoiler uh, for the rest of the uh the Big 12, so. Yeah, no. See, the thing is, I would normally want to go with Ohio State here, but then you got Oklahoma. This is literally for their season. Ohio State's kind of in the same boat. They can drop this game, win out against, like, 
most of the Big Ten, I'm not talking about our teams, but the Damn rest of the Big Ten is kind of soft. Dude. I'm saying Dude. Oklahoma has more on the line, which makes me want to pick them. But I got the Buckeyes winning a national title. I got my boy JT Barrett, the Scarlet and Gray, Ohio State by 15. They're going to win 31 to whatever 31 minus 15 is, 16. You're Spartan Dude. calling JT Barrett your boy? Dude. What is going real? on? Hey, hey, yeah, hey, hey. You remember Chris Jackson, Deshaun Jackson? Real recognized real. You know what I'm saying, player? When you dominate, the, when you dominate your division and you end up playing in a bunch of Big Ten title games, which maybe someday you all find out about, you know, real recognized real. Ohio State, I can roll with my dogs. Urban Meyer's a creep. Ohio State. Uh, last game. I, I just, You're out of control today. Jesus. What did, this, what, what did they put can in I, his can dinner? Can I say something real quick? How, how, how crazy would the Big Ten be this year if Oklahoma – Beats Ohio State. Then you have a scenario where you have a one-loss Ohio State team fighting the rest of the way. Michigan's on the uprise. State's still there. I don't know what Iowa's situation is, but Wisconsin looks pretty decent. I don't even know if Ohio year. State plays Iowa. But I mean, but no, yeah, yeah. If Oklahoma wins, it looks good this year, though. I think Wisconsin looks like a look like a, looks like a tough mofo to play. I mean, the Big Ten could have an interesting season ahead of them if Ohio yeah, State if Ohio loses. State loses they got to win out. And let's put it to a scenario where Michigan, lo- Michigan State loses this weekend, so they pretty much have to win out if they want to make the playoff. And also, you're battling That's for this Big Ten Michigan title. And if you lose any game, you're automatically out, so the Big Ten champion won't go to the playoff. I wouldn't say automatically out, but chances are SEC champion will have one loss. Pac-12 champion will have one loss. And, yeah, it's, it's a big game for uh, both teams there. One last count. Here's my thing. I, the SEC, Alabama, like it, to me, is the only realistic team that's going to come out of that. that like, yeah, like they're, you know, what I mean, like no one in the SEC impresses me this year. Alabama's that's it. Ole Miss blew it to Florida State. Yeah, and the crazy thing with Alabama is that's either a true freshman or redshirt freshman starting for him. That kid. So no matter what, he's going to be back next year. So imagine that fucking team God. coming back with a oh. quarterback that can actually play. Speaking of Florida State, I know we're probably getting off the show sheet, but I don't care because I want to say this. No, Florida State, Florida State, uh, Florida State is Louisville is the last game we got to pick. Louisville, Florida State, man. <laughs> Muhammad Ali's hometown where he's buried now, baby. Oh, oh, I have no idea where that was going, but no, that's our next game pick, Joe. You projected to see. Oh, sorry about our dog. We got Louisville versus Florida State in our last prediction before we move on to UFC 203. Frankie, who do you got? Florida State covering the spread. I got Florida. The spread's State. down to two points for Florida State. That's, I'm just doing the picks how you're supposed to make them. Well, I like to give some reason in my. Well, picks. we were doing these picks straight up, and then our picks against the spread are supposed to be in videos posted on YouTube. Frank, Florida State and the points. Let's go, Joey. I got Louisville for the upset. Their quarterback scored like seven or eight touchdowns in one half. They got an offense. I don't think. Florida State's going to pull this one out. Louisville. I don't know what Jimbo Fisher said to that Seminole team at halftime of that old Miss game, but those motherfuckers are on a mission, dog. It's big defense. They got number nine, big old sweat defensive end. Delvin Cook, this little Francois guy, his stupid-ass haircut, can actually ball. Go figure. I got Florida State by a fucking half century. Give me Florida State 51 one point. They return an extra point for Louisville. Uh, that's that's the still of- give them two. Shut up! Okay. That's the end of our pick <laughs> segment, people. We're going to move on. math is not a strong suit at Michigan State. Oh, uh, yeah, Tony. I just uh, got all 4.0s all the way through Calc 1 through 4. But, yeah, you're right. 
We didn't learn anything. And you don't know Jeez, man, you guys that 51 minus one is 50. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I didn't know. Well, he's going to get two. I didn't know he's going to get two. He's going to get two. You guys I thought it was one. children today. I said we move on to UFC 203. UFC 203 was a Second big one. Here. Kick it over to our expert. All right, well, we all are bowing at you. I think I'm the new expert in the UFC. The last couple of shows I've been standing Tony up. I'll give you one more crack at being the number one, but I'm coming for your head. I'll be the number two for UFC on this show. Yeah, I mean, the octagon, Tony. I'm our resident expert on UFC. All right, so we had UFC 203. The three big fights from that one were CM Punk against Mickey Gall, which wasn't a big fight other than the fact that CM Punk was his first fight ever for an MMA fight. Coming over from the WWE, had no prior experience whatsoever. Then you had Fabrizio Verdum and Travis Brown. And then you had... Point here, Tony. I really... <laughs> just... <laughs> Boom! <laughs> well, I guess you guys don't want to know what the main event is then. Oh, the main event was some guy from Amsterdam running away from... Fucking Cleveland's finest, obviously. Guy could do that. That guy probably can't do. Just man. go ahead and finish the, the summary, Tony. Just and then the main event wrap it up quicker. was Steve Amiotich defending his heavyweight title against Alistair Overeem. I do agree. You got to wrap it up, Frank. That's a good point. Okay, so I thought UFC 203 was a good card. Everyone wanted to see what uh, what CM Punk was going to be able to do. He had a good camp, um, and he was untrained. He's going against a younger guy and uh, and Mickey Gall. On the show, we all pretty much agreed, uh, had a consensus that Mickey Gall was going to kick his ass, whether it be TKO or uh, tap out. He ended up getting him a rear naked choke, wrapping him up like a pretzel in under two, about two minutes, a little over two minutes, I believe it was. And um, I'm becoming a Mickey Gall fan. You know, I, I like him a lot. He's about to take on um, on Sage Northcutt if Dana White lets it go down. Tony, you can chime in on that in a minute. But, yeah, Mickey Gall is the real deal. CM Punk wasn't. I think there's still some money to be made on CM Punk. I think he should uh, take some time and hang on to that pretty wife of his before I do and spend some time with her, train a little more, and uh, and maybe come back for one more fight with someone more equal caliber. If not, then he just needs to go back down to a lower amateur level. But um, that was a good fight. The main event was awesome. Both guys got dropped. I kind of become a, a fan of Overeem over the little bit, but he really disappointed me. With the way he performed and uh, and the how result, he performed. how he performed and the result was a little disappointing, uh, but the hometown hero, the Midwest guy, took it down. Um, it was awesome. It was a good card, and I'm glad CM Punk lost. I mean, you guys heard what I said last week. I got a little carried away saying I wanted his girlfriend to watch while he got TKO'd, but uh, I kind of did. But but um, it was a good card, and I think you know I think it was just awesome. And I've become a Mickey Gall fan throughout this whole thing. So. Anybody else got something to say? Anybody else watch it? Okay. I get it. You like Mickey Gall because he beat CM Punk. But let's be realistic about Mickey Gall here. Well, I'll tell you why I like him. Go ahead. I'll tell he you why I like him. He was a guy who, this was his third professional fight. He's now 3-0 and as a professional. Okay. He came into the UFC with a 1-0 and record, basically brought in because he was an unknown fighter who could be all right, but nobody really knew shit about him yet. Mm-hmm. And he was brought in specifically to fight CM Punk mm-hmm. because he's a legit MMA fighter who not much was known about and wasn't really a top guy. So you couldn't throw CM Punk in against, say, Robbie Lawler and Robbie Lawler, well, Lawler knocks his so what's your block point? off. So you brought in a guy who wasn't that experienced. He ended up getting a fight before CM Punk because CM Punk was hurt. 
He's choked out that guy, but that was another guy who was basically a one and done in the UFC. So that's two chokeouts he has. There we go. I, I, me and Tony are about to have it out here. So go yes, ahead. he has two first round submissions in the UFC, but they're nobody fighters that he's choked out. He isn't really an up and comer yet. He's beaten two guys who, a one of them, the second guy they choked out had no business being in the UFC to begin with. Okay, let me let me get in on this because this is going to be a good one. Because uh, like I said, Tony, I'm coming for that UFC title on this show, but you're still number one. I give you props, and I appreciate everything you just said. So look. I, everything you just said is, is true, and you make a good point to a certain extent. However, um, if you look at Mickey Gall, yeah, you're right. CM Punk is an amateur, and he admitted that. But CM Punk is also, admittedly, to himself, he admitted he's a thinker. He called out CM Punk to get into the UFC. He wanted to make a name for himself, which is something a smart person would do. Chael Sonnen is one of my favorite fighters, but he got older. In the twilight of his career, he talked his way into a title shot against John Jones. Did anybody truly believe, myself included, who's a Chael Sonnen slappy, believe that he was going to beat John Jones in that fight at 205 for the world title? No, but he got his title shot because he was going to show up, and he talked, and he used his thinking skills to get in. That's how promotions work. He used promoting skills to get in. And, and now got, you're saying he's going to fucking no, fight listen, no, no, listen. Hear North me North out. Come hear on. Me, hear me out. So he talked his way into fighting CM Punk. Dana White said, okay, this guy's got to test himself. He'll fight him. If he wins, then you'll fight CM Punk. He beat him. CM Punk came in. It was a hype fight. He won. He admits all that. But he's here now. He made a name for himself, and he wants a fight. He said, quote, I want war with the real killers in the UFC. Northcutt, granted, he's had more experience, but he's also born in 1996. He's a karate guy. He's 20 years old. Okay, let him bang it young, out. but he's so let him prove himself. some of the tougher he, guys in the division. Sure, sure. Mickey Gall hasn't fought anybody. Sure, but hasn't he earned that right by calling him out, being a thinker? Being a thinker and earning a, a shot. How about you going to actually beat a fucking real UFC fighter? So yeah, that's, that's, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to face a 20-year-old. All right, all right. A 20-year-old. All right, children. Let Coor has prevail. They just made, they had him fight. First of all, you know what's a fucking joke? The Cleveland Browns. Number two, the Rams. Number three was the CM Punk Mickey Gall fight. Mickey Gall got 50 grand for this fight. CM Punk got 500 grand to get choked down 30 30. minutes. 30? It's even, I thought 16 it was. 16 and 16. My God, is that a horrible fucking payout when you're out there? The fact that he had to fight CM Punk and be part of this laughing stock, he should get the right to fight anybody in that division He's that he wanted to. He wanted to be part of it, though. He called him out. He, he called CM Punk out, and then he had to test himself in a, the yeah, first Yeah, it's fight. real easy when you're a legitimate Tony, MMA you're fighter to, animate, Tony, to call Tony. out a guy who right, never we can't fought. Have, we on. can't have a legitimate sports discussion when you just yell that he needs to fight somebody legitimate. Give a different opponent and give a reason why I should fight him instead of Frank. Yeah, why opponent. not a twenty-year-old born in nineteen ninety-six, a twenty-year-old in Northcutt who come? They're both Dana White looking for a fighter, guys. Am I wrong? Are they both from there? Are they both young studs? Hasn't he earned the right to get a fight? But Sage Northcutt has actually fought legitimate guys in the UFC. Who? Who? I don't have. Fucking well, if you're gonna say he's twenty, he couldn't have fought that many people. He's been fighting since he was eighteen. Okay, you're the UFC expert. He fought a guy with braids, and he beat him, and it was a questionable stoppage by the referee. That was in 2015. He was supposed to fight another welterweight, and it got postponed, so he fought another guy. He has one loss somewhere in the dark horse, but he is undefeated on, on uh, record. But why not, Northcutt? They're young studs. He's earned that right, man. His name's out there. Let him go. Let him bang out. He's supposed to be that tough. Why not? Uh, this, so where does he go from here? He just has to fight CM Punk. Who else is he going to fight? Anybody. Well, Tony's just tuned out now. 
I think he's looking. I look up the record, but what I'm saying is they're both young studs. I don't know even really know who this Northcutt kid they is. Come from Dana White show, looking for a fight. They, they're both those kind of guys. They're oh, he was young. in UFC 200. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember he him. Yeah, yeah, these guys should fight for sure. Mickey Gall and him—they're both young. One's twenty-four. One's twenty. One's name's hot. One's his loss is to Brian Barnina. He's caught fought Cody Fisher, Francisco Trevino, Rocky Long. He's Gage a karate Duhan. guy. He's won seventy-seven world titles in karate and all this stuff. He's been doing it since he was seven years old. He's some. The guy looks like a friggin' fruitcake. Okay, Sage Northcutt is a fruitcake. Yeah, I say let him fight. Why not? I mean, you have such a strong stance of why they shouldn't fight. I'm just waiting to hear it. Yeah, but I'm looking at these guys. Well, you got to do be able to do both, Tony. I'm just saying, Sage Northcutt. If you're looking for a fight that you want to see, you want two guys who are evenly matched. Well, why the hell did they put CM Punk out there with someone who is way better? Because Tony, stop yelling! You got to calm down. I'm trying to have a discussion with you, man. We've we've had this discussion before. We no, we haven't. The fight just happens. Our first time taking the airwaves. I've already talked about this. CM Punk was literally brought in because it's a fucking freak show that's going to give them money. Well, yeah, that's that's true. That's why we had that. This fight would give them money too. It's promotion. It's a game of promotions, Tone. I can't. All right, we gotta. We're gonna have to move on. We can't just have. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on, Tony. We lost the discussion. I say we move on to the main event. We can go to the main event then. If you're just gonna stand there or sit there and look up things on Google, we're on the air here. All right, so we got freaking homeboy from Amsterdam was just running. Did you see the fights, Joe? No, I did not. All right, so freaking homeboy over there, little Alistair Overeem or whatever, freaking, I love using him in the game UFC. That's why I became a fan of him because he's huge. He can knock people the fuck out. But he just literally ran away from Stipe. Stipe at one point tried to kick him as he was running away. I don't know if this is new Conor McGregor fighting style. I don't know how it's going to work out for everybody, but God damn, was it a fucking well, weird fight. And then you had the almost guillotine. That, and then at the end, you had freaking Stipe just on top of him. You could tell that Overeem wanted no point of getting punched in the face by this guy. And Stipe is kind of a jackass when you hear him talk with his OHIO. But then he gets on top of him, and he's trying to punch him, and he can't get his hands down. So he literally takes a grown man who works out all the time's hands. He pulls him down to the side, then just punches him in the face. And the referee was a little late on the stoppage. We had three to four punches that got in there after the knockout. It was crazy. It was a great title fight. We Good to see him bang. Well, it seems like uh, Overeem was going for more of the counter-striking. I think there's a case to be made that Overeem still technically is one of the best strikers in the UFC. But that guy, uh, Stripe, has got some power. Obviously, he didn't want any part of that, taking a shot. I agree with you there. Um, but even though that running away seemed like some pussy stuff, which it was. I know. I agree. It did but work. But it did work. He got him in the drop. Went for the, I don't agree with going for the guillotine, even though it's uh, allegedly he has a tough guillotine to get out of. That was awesome by him to get out. But I would have maybe gone, or looking back, it's hard. To, it's easy to say from watching it, but I would have maybe went for a finish there instead of trying to go for a guillotine. It wasn't even uh, in that tight. But, um, yeah, it was a great main event. It was a good card, and I was going there. But, I mean, I – I just thought there was something to be – there was a big draw with that whole I CM think, Punk thing, and I think Mickey Gall became a star out of that, and I think he deserves a shot at the guy that he wants a shot with because he's been through a lot of media stuff, and he was supposed to have this fight a lot a lot longer ago and when it was a lot hotter, and he would have made more money, but with all the back surgery that CM Punk had to have and all the drama and the making of the documentary, the evolution of Punk, and all the bullshit that he had to put up with waiting and waiting for the fight, I think he's earned a shot to call somebody out for winning that fight. And if you disagree with that – by all means. I'm going to give you one last shot. Okay. Let's look at this. 
Mickey Gall fought a guy named Mike Johnson in his first UFC fight. Okay. And if this page will load. Did he win? Yes, he won that fight by first round submission. But you're talking about a guy named Sage Northcutt who is 3-1 in the UFC and has fought legitimate guys who have won other fights in the UFC. Okay. So I don't get why these guys came. I don't get the fucking point so here. One's you guys are pissing me off, and I work for this goddamn show. They're both young. They both have fought like two, three fights. Why the hell can you fight? CM Punk has never had a professional fight in his life. They just let him fight in the UFC. Why can't they what do I, it? What did yeah, I just and the guy that Mickey Gall fought in his first fight in the UFC didn't have a professional fight either. He only had one amateur fight. That's what he did. Was they literally okay, brought so, in Mickey Gall? Brought him so what's Mickey? Mickey Gall's two and Z- oh right against Cupcake guys that had no three. business being in I, the octagon. He's three and oh. Fuck if they're Cupcakes. Tony wants three and one. Twenty-four and twenty and oh. Stop. They're twenty-four and twenty years old. Mickey Gall had to put up with a bunch of bullshit. That's what I'm saying. This isn't always a game of who beat who, who beat what. In this case, Northcut or, or Sage Northcut is twenty years old. Okay, he's three and one. 24 years old for Mickey Gall and two or three and oh now. Okay. Both got questions about him, right? Can we agree with that? Both have questions. Then why not have him fight? Mickey Gall had to put his life on pause because he, he did call out CM Punk, but he had to put his whole life on pause and wait for all this stuff. You know how long that must have dragged on knowing that he was just going to walk through this guy to make his name for himself? He had to wait two years. He was supposed to fight CM Punk when his name was hot. Er, His name's still hot because he's CM Punk. When this first, the fight was first supposed to happen, CM Punk's name was way hotter. It was red hot, and they were supposed to bang, and he backed out for the back surgery, and he finally made that walk way later at UFC 23, which just happened this last Saturday. Mickey Gall earned a shot to fight some 20-year-old sissy Named North. He's not a 20-year-old sissy, Frank. Well, we'll find out then. Why not find out? Wouldn't you pay to see it? I would. I mean, the only thing, thing I do have in the news, they say Sage North because dad's rules him out of fight with Mickey Gall at 205, but I mean, they could do it at 206. What I'm saying is I don't get the counter-argument to this. Neither the one counter has argument is dad is making decisions for him at Mickey 20. Gall has literally fought two guys who, one so where who had one amateur fight before he came to UFC, and CM Punk, who had no MMA experience whatsoever. He hasn't fought a legitimate UFC fighter yet. Yeah, but it's not like Sage he's calling really? out he's a guy. He's not calling out the champion. He's calling out some guy who has fucking four fights, and he's three and one. He has a loss. He's calling out some guy born Yeah, in but he's fought guys who've like fought on the ultimate fighter, won fights in the UFC. Not guys who literally walked in off the street and fought in the UFC. All right, since this is really your guys' debate, I, I'm going to just judge the winner now and move on to like a topic I could actually understand. It's, it's Frank won that one. I don't get, he sold me. Well, there's I don't no get, question. I don't get why this fight can't happen. I just don't okay. understand. Let's, Tony, Tony, let's say you can your ex- Michigan State team has a great year this year. You only lose one game, but you still win the Big Ten. You still make the national title. And then... You get blown up by Alabama like happened last year. Were you trying to bring up bad memories? No, I'm, I'm saying you're going to face like Alabama. You're, you're, you're a legitimate contender. You earned that spot. And now the NCAA goes, eh, we got this team that beat a bunch of cupcakes, and we're going to throw them in over you. Yeah, that's exactly what could happen this year with Houston over State. That, that is going to happen, just and I understand it. Just a 20-year-old yeah, but- douchebag to freaking the best team in college football in possibly history. I get where you're going with the metaphor, Tony, but you're just losing everyone. I just, I don't know. I'm saying Who that- is Sage supposed to fight instead? So Mickey Gall should just go, just go fight. Does some, Sage somebody. have a fight lined up? Because if Sage, Sage has a fight lined up, I don't think he should kick his opponent out. That's not what I'm saying. Sage but, does not have a fight lined up. But then why not have him bang? Do the UFC just want people right, banging now? One more thing before I'm done. If you listen to the uh, the backstage interview with Dana White, with Dana White, 
after Mickey Gall, and this is on record with that, that cute chick that does the interviews behind after the main cards. So Dana White's getting interviewed by this chick. Oh, the cute she, one? She asked him about what he thought about Mickey Gall calling out Sage Northcutt after, after the fight. And Dana White says, yeah, as soon as he did that, uh, Northcutt's people texted me. And uh, they said they're, they, they're down. They want to do it. So I don't know what Jerry's bringing up here, but after the fight, Northcutt's people were down. So if he's down and they're down and there's both yeah, questions about Yeah, but Dana White's him, also known to shoot his mouth off and say, this fight's happening on this card. I no, can't. I just, I, I, I just don't. You know, the, we started this show because of fucking bad sports on TV and people making stupid points like Skip Bayless and his T-ball argument and his RG3 argument and his Johnny Manziel arguments was wrong. Tony, you make a lot of great points, but in this one, I just don't get it. It doesn't. Out of it's, all the things that get in a huge argument with that, I, I hate things that I don't understand. This is just doesn't make any sense to me why this can't happen if they don't have fights lined up. I don't care if freaking Sage Northcutt goes out tomorrow and fights for the championship belt against his ass beat. The UFC has somehow become just a league where they just bang. Diaz McGregor banging. Freaking, uh, we got Stipe knocking out Overeem, you know? Banging. Just let him go. Let him fight. Banging. Let the boys play, ref. I've said all I can say about that. But okay, so the last thing we want to make about UFC two hundred three, one point I want to make is we had in the in the final. Just it's rare you see an absolute contrast throughout the whole process of this. In the fight, Overeem ran away and then tried to throw strikes back. When uh, Stipe got him up in the cage, same thing. I've already said the ran away thing like four times on this show. And then even in the post fight interview, Stipe was funny. He was energetic. They asked him about getting knocked out. He's like, "Oh, Joe Rogan, would you want to get hit by a kick like that? You know, it doesn't feel good." <laughs> And then uh, it was actually a punch that knocked him out. He's like, oh, you want to get hit by that? And then they asked him about knocking him out. And he's like, I told you, you don't get hit with this. And he's holding up his right hand, shaking it. Then he started going O-H-I-O, got the whole crowd into it. And then you get Overeem's post-fight interview. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, oh, before we go, it's a good fight. But he, uh, he, he tapped in the guillotine. Like, I won that fight, but good fight for him. He's a champion. You know, and it's like, what kind of soft-ass person... And then Joe Rogan, which I love because it's pay-per-view and not freaking cable access, Fox bullshit. You get real interview, and Joe Rogan had the nuts to go, oh, yeah, where does he tap you out of here? Then put a slow-mo replay up in front of the whole Quicken Loans arena, and you got to see him like look for the tap, and there is no tap. Yeah, well, I don't think he's the sharpest tool in the shed, to say the least, but, I mean, I don't know what else to say yet. He's, I was just saying, really, in sports, you see like epic contracts yeah, all the way from beginning to yeah, end of the process. he was definitely bitter after the loss, and, it, I mean... I didn't agree with the way he approached the whole fight in general. I, I had a lot more higher expectations. Like I said, I became a fan of him over the last few few cards that he fought in, and it disappointed me to see I him mean, do that, even though he dropped him with one. I'm disappointed cause it's just that he was a strike force champion. This is the only belt he doesn't have. He thinks it's his belt is what Rogan said. But hey man, Midwest for some rocks. reason, strike force is just normal MMA, right? It's just a different version of the UFC. It's older, yeah. It's, just, it's older. It's what uh, that one guy was a champion, uh, Fedor on my ankle or whatever. When you hear a name like Strike Force, you just think this guy's gonna come. I'm. A, I haven't seen uh, Overeem fight that much. I've only fought with him on UFC and stuff like that. I think he's gonna come out there, and this is like gonna be just two guys throwing down, not gonna make a pass the first round. And literally, they came out, they touched gloves three times, which is weird. And then he just ran away. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't think anybody does, Gerard. What else we got? That's about it. Unless Joe has some comments. I'll, have, I'll have one thing to say about fighting in regards to fighters. It's a quote from a very good movie. <laughs> Apollo Creed versus the Italian Stallion. Sounds <laughs> like a right damn monster back. movie. <laughs> That's beautiful. Which Hollywood Dana, movie, Joe? Dana, hey. sit up. Hey. Sit up a fight. Let's fight him. Let's see it. Let's talk about it. That's all I want. That's all I got to say. All right, hey, Joe. Thing I, would, I do want to add. One thing I do want to add. 
Uh, this weekend, big weekend for hockey, World Cup of Hockey. Yeah, no, I was disappointed the other night. Real late on to you is Canada versus USA. I think we ended up blowing those freaking bacon eaters out. Where the Canadian bacon is really just ham anyways. Freaking, we were blowing them out up 2-0. Our announcers were like, oh, Canada looks so good. USA sucks. I was like, what's going on here? We're blowing these freaking Canucks out. <coughs> so it's- and it wasn't even a real game. Jokes on Jerry. I just, I just want to say this though. I'm, I'm so conflicted though with the World Cup of Hockey because there's Team North America with some of my favorite players, Dylan Larkin being one of them, an American, uh, and fellow Michigander, be, be, you know, playing for Team North America. So it's like, do I root for the Americans in Team North America, even though there's, you know, some Canadians over there too? Or, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously going to root for Team USA, but it's like, I got a root for Team North America too because we got some, we got some good Americans over there Joe, as well. Who signs your paychecks? Well, what's your job? I'm just saying. You've been doing your job? I said I was going to. Man, why don't you root for the United States of America and have some damn patriotism? Because there are Americans playing on another team. Man. Yeah, traitors, right. redcoats. Right, no, not it's traitors. Been... It's the rules. It's been you know, a long show. To get in the tournament. It's just it's conflicting for Americans because we have Americans in two different teams. It's not like. Team Sweden, where they have like Swedes playing in Team Europe too. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. Team USA all the way, and we're gonna take it down, right? Is that what they say? Goodwill Games. Is Team Iceland? How's Iceland looking this. this year? I will say this: if you look at the future Olympic, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out four names for the future Olympic team uh, for the United States: Gerard Preston, Frank Wierzowski, Tony Preston, and Joseph Matthews. Austin, Austin Matthews, Jake Eichel. Or Jack Eichel, I mean, sorry. Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, uh, Patrick Kane, and Dylan Larkin. Ooh. Aren't three of those guys playing on Team North America? No, no, I mean, I mean the Olympics in the, in the, like down the road. Can you listen? No, yeah, it's going to be good. I can't wait for Same, it. That, that Olympic team is going to be good, man. And Abdicator might be on that team, too. Abdicator's on the United States team uh, this time around. Ooh. Another Michigander. Awesome. All right. Well, I was hoping someone was going to set me up for this one, Joe, but I got one question for you left on this show. What's your What's your prediction for the Notre Dame-Michigan State game? You just said Man. Rocky versus Apollo. What about Rocky versus Eye of the Tiger, Mr. T? Rocky had the Eye of the Tiger. That's how he beat Mr. T. You were supposed to respond with pain, Joe. I'm trying to my set you up over here. My prediction is pain. A prediction? Pain. 60 minutes no, of think, unnecessary uh, roughness. I think I think Notre Dame being at home, like I said, both teams are in similar situations. They're dropping a lot of talent this summer. Uh, I'm going to be civil about this, Gerard, because I I do respect Michigan State as a team. I like the way they play football, but I'm going to say this: I think Notre Dame takes it by three. All right, yeah. I mean, I respect Notre Dame out of uh, out of when they play them, but I can't respect uh, you know. It's almost like with a beautiful woman, if you respect her, you really can't give her a good nail in. It's the same with a football team. So for the next week, I can't respect Notre Dame. But thanks for being respectful, and thanks for listening, everybody, RSF. What's your pick? Oh, Michigan State. By what? 50. Oh, my God. No. Michigan Michigan State, I already said 24-17, Michigan State. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you say that. Let's pay some bills, boys. All right. So... As always, Facebook.com slash Revolutionary Sports Fart. Twitter.com slash RSF Podcast. We have an Instagram. Jerry <laughs> likes to crinkle paper. <laughs> RevolutionarySportsFront.com is the website. 
You can. Jesus Christ, Joe. Are you okay over there? It's just I know why Green goes to the paper, and it's just funny because we're all gonna go to jail for that. Oh man. I hope it's that. I hope that. I hope that gesture isn't copyrighted by certain people. <laughs> but as I said, revolutionarysportsfront.com is the website. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. On iTunes and Stitcher, you can also rate us there. Give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Or you can email us directly at revolutionarysportsfront. dot at gmail dot com to give us some feedback. Or leave us some comments or message us on Facebook for feedback. But that's it for now. Thanks for being a part of the sports revolution.